This is a HeadGum Podcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Cheryl Hines, um, we've told people that we would do it again. And we just, we keep doing it again. And and we keep doing it again. And today is no exception. Week after week after week, no matter Mm -hmm. what life throws at us, we keep showing up. We show up. Whether they want to or not. And tell you what, life threw something at me this week. Oh, yeah. And they're about to hear about it. They are about to hear. I mean, life tossed yeah. it at So me. we're going to make this part short because. Yeah. It's like a 15-minute story. Yeah. So buckle in. Get yourself some popcorn. And I'm still here. I'm here. I'm doing the show. <laughs> we show up for our snark bowls. Oh, we do show up for mm-hmm. our snark bowls. Ladies and jerks, welcome to Joan Rivers, A Piece of Work. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs faintly. I am the first ever podcast, and Tig and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Hi, Cheryl. Hey, Tig. Hey. Hey, Cheryl. Hey. How are you? I'm all right. I'm home for the first time in a month. I was That's gone nice. for a month. Yeah. That's crazy. It is. It's really crazy. I'm, you know, kind of halfway through my national tour. Uh, I, I ha- It's like a three-month big chunk, you know? Yeah. And then I'm going to go out sporadically after that for just like a night or a weekend. And Yeah. But right now I'm getting through the major, major part of it. And, and you know, it's just getting on the road again after two years and doing stand-up, which was like breathing to me. And I was on right. stage all the time. And then I went out hardcore. And uh, the people were just great. You know, there were highs and lows of shows and travel. And the very last uh, night of the tour, yeah, I was getting ready for my show. Yeah. I was at my hotel. Yeah. And, you know, I have back issues. And sometimes I like to do a full-blown steam Like when I'm getting ready, a shower, a bath, and I'll shut the door and just like steam it out. Okay. Yeah. Loosen up. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I did that. And um, I was locked in the bathroom. I was trapped. What? How were you locked in the The bathroom? The door. 
<gasps> oh, because it expanded? I really don't know. I don't know what happened, but it was a pocket door that slides yeah. in and out, and I had yeah. to turn the lock. And you know those kind of locks that are like a hook that yeah. go into the yeah. wall the little, and yeah. latch down? Yeah. That was... Stuck? It stayed in there. And the bathroom of this hotel, it's a very nice hotel. The bathroom <gasps> was very small. No windows. Door was locked. I could not get out. And I was trapped for a half hour. Wow. What did you... Did you kick it? Kick it in? Cheryl, I... You had to kick it I, in. I tried. It didn't kick in? No. Did you kick it at the lock area? Cheryl, yeah. I kicked and I my arm is bruised and I'm swollen. <gasps> Both hands, arms, my hip hurts from trying to kick oh, walls, doors. My God. It was here's the thing. I have had numerous scans like full body scans where you know i go into a tunnel the mri type. yeah mm-hmm. i have my headphones on that you have to put on for all yeah. the like no it sounds like they're banging on your head i've done a million of those and and it's 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 unsettling it's not you know i have this tinge of like Okay, be this in a doesn't capsule. feel good. Yeah. And sometimes they'll last like 45 minutes, those scans yeah. that I've done. But I know that there's somebody there that I can say, hey, I'm having a, a panic. Yeah, I, got, I need yeah, a I gotta break. get out. Yeah. Then years ago, I dated this woman in D.C. And like in the very beginning of our relationship, our the elevator stopped. And I had a hint that I'm claustrophobic. Ah. I always thought, what is everyone's problem? Like, what what is cluster? Like, I just didn't really understand. Right. And when that elevator stopped and we were stuck in there, I it wasn't more than three minutes. And then right. it started going. Right. I was trapped in that bathroom, bathroom. for 30 minutes, <gasps> yelling help, oh, yelling for my, my opening act, whose <gasps> room was next door to mine. I was kicking. Oh, I was. I was like, and I had to like go. Okay, okay. Nothing's, see. nothing's gonna happen. I'm, you know, I, I'm not gonna die. And I was like trying to do, do deep breathing. Right. And then I was like, oh, you know, what? maybe I'll get in the shower and just pretend like this isn't happening and just take another shower. Oh, and that's an interesting approach. Well, I didn't know what to do, but then right. I was like, no, because then if somebody comes to my door, oh, I can't then hear I'm them. Showering. Yeah. And I should be trying every second to get out. And so I, I just, oh my god, kicked, hit, screamed for a half hour. How? And then I don't know what happened. The door opened <gasps> at, at one of the points Shut when up. I hit it, when I kicked it. It Shut opened up. and it felt like a, like the clouds parted moment where I was like, oh my God, what? I thought it was hallucinating. I was so out of my mind. Oh, I was my God. emotional. <sighs> I was, I had to go to the, the, the phone to call the front desk. And when the guy answered, it like made me even right. more emotional. Right. And I was, I hadn't talked to anybody and I was, I was like, I am. Um, I, I could barely right. get it out of my mouth. I was like, I was trapped in the, and I need somebody to 
uh, take care of the, I, I didn't know what I was saying right. or doing. I was just like, and he was like, okay, well, um, I can get a, and I said, and I've been banging on the wall and I've hurt my arms and my hands and I'm, I have swelling, I have bruising. And he was like, uh, okay, well, I can call a paramedic for you. And I was like, I can handle my medical situation. I just, um, and he was like, okay, well, I can send somebody up to look at the bathroom door. And I was like, this is so much bigger than like <laughs> than your the, reaction. Yeah. It's like your reaction should be, oh my oh god, my god, I am so. I can't sorry. believe that happened. To you. There was none of that, and then none, he was none of like, that. I said, I am. I have no plans to shut that bathroom door again. Oh, he said, um, what do you want me to do, ma'am? Like that. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know what I want you to do. I, I didn't know. I was so out of my mind. I was right. like a caged animal that just just I, was I, I, set free. And you were like, yeah. oh, my God, I got to tell you what just happened. Yeah. And, and you want and somebody I, to be like, I, I'm, I'll I'm, i be right there. We're filling out forms. We're calling the head of the hotel chain. Yeah, something. This is unacceptable. Yeah, absolutely. And he was like, I can give you some extra points on your account. Oh. I can. And then he said, I can give you $100 off your room. And I was like, if you feel like... What you're suggesting will handle this situation, then you do what you think is best. And I got off the phone and I was like, oh God, oh my God. And then my phone rang like a minute later and it was like the woman that was above him who I guess overheard this. And she was like, you know, it was just immediate compassion in her voice. Uh huh. Oh, that's and nice. that made me even more emotional right. because well, yeah. I was No, because realizing- you had to like release it. Yeah, but and it I was, was a big deal. I don't know what I need. I needed, right. it, but in that moment, I knew I needed human connection and compassion, yeah. and somebody yeah. to just say, "I am so sorry this yeah. happened." And even if he didn't know what to do, that he was going to be like, "I'm going to find out the what best way do. to make this better because yeah. this is terrible." Yeah, and it just—it was like, "You need to tell me what you want, ma'am." Oh, my God. I was about to knock myself unconscious. I couldn't deal with being trapped. So I officially know I am claustrophobic. I mean, I think anybody would have a reaction like that. Like, what do you do if you if you if you're locked in there and you try for even five minutes and you can't get the door open, then it's like, what's the answer? What's the choice but to keep banging on the door and yelling? And you must have been exhausted. Oh, my God. And I was like, I truly was about to knock myself unconscious because I couldn't psychologically deal with it. And it's so crazy because my assistant was already at the theater, you know, making sure everything was in order. And my opening act had gone to hang out at the theater. So he wasn't even next door to me. And then even though the door opened on its own, what I didn't even think about, my assistant said, he goes, oh, my God. He goes, can you imagine if that door hadn't opened and we hadn't told Greg to go back and walk you to the venue because I was so close, staying so close to the venue that I was walking there. And yeah. the venue said, oh, somebody should go escort Tig because the alley's kind of weird, yeah, you know. So yeah. there's a chance I could have just the door wouldn't have opened and and my opening act wouldn't have come to escort me and I would have been in there another half hour at least. And I don't know what 
(laughs) You don't know what you would have done. And truly, I'm still going through PTSD. I woke up yesterday thinking about like, what if I was stuck in there and I was just traveling alone? I didn't even have a show and that nobody was expecting me. And that like the fire alarm in the building went off, you know? My God. Yeah. I was just like... Oh my God. And now I can't, I'm not somebody that brings my phone into the bathroom for any reason. I will yeah. never be more than an inch away from my phone ever. That ever. is so crazy. Oh my God. I it's mean, so, that is so crazy. I'm sure there are plenty of people that would go through that and be like, well, I'll just wait. Yeah. It's not me. It's not and you. I kept also thinking, God, what if one of my kids was with me? I don't know. Like on the other side of the door. Well, you wouldn't have locked the door for the if your kids I might have. I was doing it like, for steam insta- because the oh. door wouldn't stay shut. Oh. It wouldn't. Oh. But I could have talked them through. They're old enough right, where I right. could have talked them through to right. go to the phone Pick up or the something. Phone. Right. Nobody heard me oh for 30 minutes. That's so crazy. And what's even crazier? Yeah. is on my other podcast, Don't yeah. Ask Tig. Yes. Somebody from that show wrote in and said, I can only assume you're staying at this particular hotel because it's close to the venue. <laughs> and I've stayed there before and I've been locked in the bathroom before. Oh my God. So they know that there's a problem. They need to they, look at they, their bathroom doors. How about get rid of a pocket? They're not working. Oh my gosh. When The lock just spun after it just i guess it would be hard to kick in because it's not on hinges right so it's like and because i it always was imagined, this yeah, thick it was thick. it was a thick solid wood door i hurt my hip from trying oh i hurt my back anyway that's what's been going on and then i got to the venue yes i called stephanie filled her in while my opener was on stage i was crying backstage oh god and i was minutes before walking on stage i mean i was just truly like <laughs> like just and trying then, to catch your breath yeah yeah and my my opener introduced me and i was walking up the steps onto the stage of the theater and i was like just get through do your show do your thing and i got to the microphone and i was like Sacramento, I am so happy to see you. And they were so full of energy. And I was like, I've been trapped in a bathroom. (laughs) I like went into everything. (laughs) And I just had no plans to do it. And I just couldn't but stop. Could you I find could you find humor in it or is it too oh soon? Oh my god. It, it's too it, soon. It, no, it was I thought it was gonna take me at least a month to find humor because I was I was so like you I was like shaking, I was yeah. crying, I was I could barely breathe. Yeah. And uh I I wanna release the audio and call it Hello, good evening. I was trapped in a bathroom <laughs> because of my cancer set that I began saying, Hello, right. good evening, I have cancer. Right. Right. I mean, it was like I nobody could stop me. I was just you like, "Did this happen?" Blah blah blah, and and it was such a release and so cathartic. Man, oh, I am thankful. Your people for, got it. Your people get you, man. They were in. They were oh, all in. Oh my god. Okay. Have you like settled down from it, or you're still having flashbacks? You still have moments. I've settled down, but I like I still struggle. I have. Di- I my brain throws different scenarios in. Uh-huh. And then it brings me to that emotional panic again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Whoa. So I think it's going to take me a little while. But I think I'm going to talk to my therapist about it because... I, oh, no, you have to. It's like... That's what they're trained to do. Coded kind of... in my DNA yeah. now. Yeah. It's like... 
it's one of the most traumatic things I've ever been through in my life. Because you were alone and you were trapped and you didn't know what was going to happen when somebody would find you. You had no idea. And I learned I do, in fact, suffer from claustrophobia. claustrophobia. To a massive degree. And I didn't really understand that. I only got hints of it through scans and the three-minute frozen elevator. And I was with somebody in the elevator, and I still struggled. But this was right. 30 minutes. It was ugly what happened. It was Woo! ugly. It I bet ugly. your adrenaline was... I bet you were so tired at the end of the night because your adrenaline was on high. I passed For, for that, yeah, yeah. For that 30 minutes, and then you had to go do a show. And I had to go do a show. <laughs> and it kind Dang. of... Go, it reminded me of like the discussion we had about how... People don't know when you're experiencing trauma. Right. Or they don't know if you're sick or you're... Right. Um, what just happened to you. They don't know. They can't know because you're just they showing... Can't up. They can't know. No, they can't know unless you... <laughs> There's no way to know, Tig. There's no way to know. But man, uh, they found out oof. real fast and I was shocked. I had... I didn't know that I was about to uh, talk about it. We already have to take a break. My apologies. But that was important. That was important. We needed it to It was know. important. Yes. I, and what's really important to know is that although I thought the guy behind the counter was despicable with the way he handled that sort yes. of human trauma... Yeah. yeah. The woman that worked there, yeah, I mean, handled it beautifully. That's yeah. nice to hear. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. I guess we're going to take a break and then we're going to get to the podcast. Yes. Yes. We'll be right back. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And we're back. And, and we're, we're not going <laughs> to even talk about being trapped. Okay. Okay. Should we just get yeah. right yeah. into it? Yeah. Okay, you guys. Mm -hmm. Today we are talking about- I was about trapped in a bathroom. <laughs> okay, today we're we, what? Well, it's sort of interesting because, you know, we're also talking about another comedian on the road. We are talking about Joan Rivers, A Piece of Work. It's a 2010 mm -hmm. documentary directed by Ricky Stern and Anne Sundberg. It depicts the 75-year-old stand-up and actress tirelessly working to reinvigorate her career and introduces us to her history and the large staff of people surrounding her. Joan Rivers, A Piece of Work, debuted at Sundance and is available to rent on Amazon, YouTube, or Apple TV. Had you seen this before? I had. Uh-huh. But my memory is so bad. The same. Like, I remember, like, the general feeling of it. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I really remembered was the uh, that she had written her all of her jokes on index cards and yeah. filed them like the Dewey Decimal System. And only some people will know what that means. Mm -hmm. um, back, you know, in a, like a little library that she had at home. Did you, Had you yeah. seen it before? Yeah. I had. I went and saw it in the theater. I've been a Joan Rivers fan my whole life. My mother was nuts over her. And um, I was always 
it was electrifying whenever she hosted the tonight show for me you know yeah. just like I was yeah like, i remember my mother being like joan rivers is hosting the you know it was, yeah. like, it was like a it was a whole thing yeah she was pretty amazing and she was uh, a trailblazer and it and mm-hmm. she was very it was really fun to watch her I mean, I never watched her and went home and laughed about it later like, oh. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I I really appreciated her and what what she did and Yeah. You know, she went she's she went through a lot. Yeah. She yeah, was a tough sure. one tough cookie. She sure was. I remember one time I was I met her once at a Comedy Central roast. Mm-hmm. I think it was the roast of Joan Were Rivers. Were you roasting? Were you roasting? No. Some, you were just there no, supporting. No. Yeah, I, I've never been asked to do that, and I have never had an interest in doing that. Yeah, but I'm such a fan. I I went to that. I wanted to see her, and then I met her. But I remember before I met her, one time I was early for my flight at LAX, and I went into a Starbucks, and this stretch limo pulled up, <laughs> and Joan Rivers got out <laughs> and got a latte. <laughs> or whatever she got. I don't know what she ordered. But I was just like, oh, my God, it's Joe Rivers. Gosh. It was truly just, oh, wow. Starstruck. Oh, yeah. I just, just watched her get her coffee. Of course. I like that she comes in a out. stretch. You know, I, I'm not saying this just to brag about myself, but uh one point I was nominated for an Emmy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Me went too. to the... It, it, Twice. And I was um, on the red carpet. Twice for a Grammy for me. And it was such a big deal because she was on the red carpet and she stopped me to, you know, interview me. Yeah. yeah. And of course, Cracky was with me. Cracklin, my mom, (laughs) she's standing behind me. And, you know, we're going, we're live on TV. And I look out of the corner of my eye and I see my mom holding her purse up to her ear. While I'm talking to Joan Rivers, this is like a big moment in my life. It's like, Joan sure. Rivers, yeah. you know, what are you wearing? And my mom yeah. is, she's, and then she'll look at her purse and then she'll hold it back up to her ear and she'll look at her purse. And so after we got, I said, uh, mom, uh-huh. what, what was going on? And she goes, well, my friends, I found out that my friends in Tallahassee were calling to tell me that they're watching me on TV. So they were, they were calling my phone, and I held my purse up, and I was like, "Is that for me? Is my phone ringing?" <laughs> then the whole time, my friends were like, "Nobody heard a word you were saying because we were just watching Cracklin in the back holding a purse up to her ear." Do you so, have footage of that? I'm, Is it I on YouTube or? I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm so glad that I didn't meet Joan Rivers in in the what are you wearing situation because well no, maybe I would have wanted to meet her like that because I would love to hear any sort of what she had to say she would about have it at. Yeah, yeah 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 oh my god she's so good she, okay so so Joan Rivers this whole documentary was really about her I was gonna say work ethic but it was more of a an obsession, really. Mm-hmm. Like she yeah. was really obsessed with working and staying busy, staying booked. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because, yeah, she was 75, I guess, when they shot this. But, you know, when she was saying, oh, I have to, I have to work because I have to pay, 
you know, all of these people, all of these bills, pay stretch um, limousines, stretch. lattes. <laughs> oh my God. And her apartment yeah. was like like floor to ceiling, gold, yeah, leaf, yeah. everything. Yeah. And yeah. and I was wondering, was it true that she had to work that hard? Or do you think she probably could have taken a break on Saturday and Sunday and possibly who knows I mean who knows what people do with their money you know I know it's 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 crazy because people look at you and they go oh you do this or you did that and you must have this money or right you've and it's like you could be just burning through it I look at MC Hammer I do all the time (laughs) remember in the 80s he was like the biggest thing and you were like wow that guy and he had like his posse with him and he and he you know had the pants and Mm -hmm. had the dancers and Mm -hmm. and it just felt like he is gonna ride high like this for the rest of his life and is he broke now yeah he went he went broke but yes it's that idea that you know and she says she says in the in the show she that lives she lives large. Yeah, yeah. She wants yeah. to live like that, and so mm-hmm. she so she'll do anything. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Kathy Griffin too, because I've been to Kathy's house, and Kathy is definitely she has that uh, Joan Rivers vibe mm-hmm. of in certain ways. I mean, they're obviously very different people and comedians, but there is still that obsession. And the I, I remember Kathy telling me like. She didn't say no to any work. Yeah. If work comes up, she says yes, and she does it. And she lives large, you know? She's Yeah. She's got a sprawling house, and it's her and her husband, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. sprawling. Ooh. Sprawling. Sprawling. I was at a party with Kathy once. Brandon, was a bit- <laughs> no, she's <laughs> Well, you, you were just talking about her house. Well, you do, didn't do, 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 do a braggadocious alert. Um... And she sort of committed to doing a, I guess it was a comedy bit all night where she just, she stood by the entrance and just greeted everybody as they came in. And this was like a Golden Globes party or Oscars Uh or Emmys or something where, you know, everybody's dressed up and she's just like, hello, come in, Mr. Spielberg. Uh Nice to see you. I said, what are you doing? She goes, I'm just greeting people. I said, are you... Is this part of the, do you have to? She's like, no. She's probably doing it for tips, you know, <laughs> pocketing like, well, cash whenever she can. <laughs> that is a commitment. She yeah. committed. It was impressive. Okay. Um, I mean, the thing about Joan Rivers mm-hmm. is that she was very uh, brash. Mm-hmm. She liked to have that shock factor. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, one of, one of her jokes at the very beginning of this, I won't even repeat it. But it was something about her daughter turning down Playboy and, you know. She basically just said, like, if her daughter was um, not sure if she should do it, right? Yeah, for for $200,000 or something. $400,000 or something. And she was like, yeah, you should do it and show your... (laughs) And uh, and ask for $200,000 more. Yeah, show your father. And you know, when I was watching the documentary, and yeah. maybe her daughter's doing stuff. Melissa? Yeah, but yeah. I just kind of realized that, I don't know, maybe she's been laying low or, yeah. um, but they were definitely quite the pair, you know. I know. Were, I can't imagine. I know. 
They were really cute together, Melissa mm-hmm. and Joan. But then when I when we watched the documentary, it seemed to me that Joan was so obsessed with work. Mm-hmm. And even there were moments in it when she would say, I'm only happy when I'm on stage performing. Yeah. And I thought about that because as a mother, I mean, that seems strange. Right. Right. I definitely find happiness when I'm working and mm-hmm. and acting, but uh, I find a lot of happiness in other places in my life, especially my kids, yeah. you know, my family. My, yeah. It's just, I thought that was um, interesting. Yeah, it feels very complicated, but it's, I mean, to be, even like right before she died, I Stephanie got me tickets for, I don't know, my birthday or something, and as a comedian... I don't really buy tickets anymore to see right. comedians. <laughs> right, right. I, I either know them or I know the venue. or Right. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. But there was something so special about Stephanie buying actual tickets. tickets for us. And we went to the theater and we watched her. And it was, you know, I don't know, a year before she died. Yeah. And she was in heels Oh running God. around the stage she's in her 80s at this point oh like there's an, the 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 security guy tossed her over his shoulder was running around with her over his shoulder and i was i was just like <laughs> how is she all doing in it? i we were dying laughing the entire night and it just is so hard to laugh that hard sometimes um as a comedian because yeah. you're so used to yeah the beats and the vibe and the person yeah. and the whatever and even and, though I was raised on her I was still dying we were Stephanie and I were doing that laughing where we were turning to each other just, just mouth a game like <laughs> <laughs> you know where did you see her in LA yeah that sounds really fun so we have to take a break then. oh my god well i'm sorry i had to talk you about had to being talk about the bathroom in a bathroom okay. on the road yes at the end of the first leg of my tour but okay. we'll be right back to talk about joan rivers okay <laughs> relax everyone <laughs> We're back. So at one point, Joan writes a one-woman show, mm-hmm. right? And she was very um, concerned about performing it and critics. And and she, you know, talked about acting versus mm-hmm. stand-up. Yeah, which, you know, I have to say was just as a stand-up myself yeah and as someone who has followed Joan Rivers for decades and just been inspired by and cackled endlessly over her I had like a tinge of like pain in my heart when she said she didn't connect to being a comedian yeah. It was such a, a surprising curveball. And of course, you know, whatever it maybe people would feel that way when I say because a lot of people don't know I do stand up when they see me on Star Trek or something mm. like that or Army of the you know, Army of the Dead. They don't know I'm a comedian. Right. And then maybe in an interview I'll say, Yeah, I don't really connect to being an actor. It's just kind of this weird thing that I've fallen into, which is how I feel. I don't feel like an actor. 
But when she said that, I was like, oh. It was strange because you thought, oh, I thought that her whole purpose in life was to be a great stand-up. And not only a great stand-up, but, you know, one of the first female stand-ups to really do, you know, to host a late night talk show to fill in for Johnny Carson to be so successful. Yeah. And then to hear her say the most important thing to me was to to get good reviews for my acting in this show that I was. Yeah. Can we hear the clip, Thomas? Yeah. My acting is my one sacred thing in my life. And I will not have anyone hurt me with that. You can say I'm not a good comedian doesn't bother me you say you didn't like me as an actress it's killed me and i don't want that in new york but i know i'm an actress it's all about acting my career is an actress's career and i play a comedian i mean and the music was dramatic yeah it's just fascinating it was strange because i can't tell you one acting role that I remember her in no me neither I mean it seems like any role that she had she was playing herself I mean she Mm -hmm. was on Curb Your Enthusiasm Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that but she was playing herself I used to watch Curb and then when we became friends I was like "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) like, yeah good I need to watch that and talk to her uh but she but she was on curb and it was a big deal but she was also playing somebody who was interviewing somebody on the red carpet mm-hmm. she was playing herself well when Stephanie and I were re-watching this movie uh which we both have seen before Stephanie brought up the show hacks oh my god and I could like, not you can't stop thinking about it because I didn't realize how closely mm-hmm. the show hacks has to be based on Joan Rivers. Yeah. Just that she'll do anything. She'll go to any sort of store opening or mm-hmm. anything if they're yeah. paying her. Yeah. And she'll put on all of her makeup and her fancy clothes <laughs> and go out there, you know, at two o'clock on a Saturday to the pizza yeah. place. And you're like, what? And it's based on somebody who was similar and yet identified as an actor. Right. It's just fascinating. I mean, because it seems like Joan was in a place where if she really, I mean, listen, I'm hearing myself say it and people are going to go, how dare you? But if she was in a place where she was, you know, so popular and she wanted to make that sort of switch to being taken seriously as an actress seems like she would have had some some sort of power behind it mm-hmm. to be able to say oh I'm going to take a break as a comedian I'm only going to take acting jobs right, right. or am I cra- I mean it's not easy to get a job as an actor I can yeah we all know this so it, just by saying it doesn't mean you're going to get it and it was really interesting also to hear any sort of angle in the documentary about Joan being anything less than A-list. Do you know what I mean? I know. Because I think, I know what they're talking about, and I know that this was, whatever, 2010? 10, yeah, that it came out. 2010, 2010. Yeah, 
And that she took any gig and she, you know, whatever, peddled stuff on TV, whatever QBC, the... yeah. Yeah, QVC. And, but still in my mind, it's Joan Rivers. Right. And what's also crazy is now we're 12 years after the documentary and she, she's nothing less than an iconic legend. Right. And so it's so weird to hear... Them talk about... T- yeah, talk about her being perceived as anything less than an iconic legend end of story. Right. I mean, I think that her plastic surgery... Um, Didn't notice it. <laughs> she had a little Botox. Okay. <laughs> she, I mean, I think her plastic surgery also, you know, I don't know. It seems like it would be hard to cast her in something. Mm-hmm. You know, once you kind of go that route, it's limiting. Mm-hmm. But she she had so much plastic surgery that people like to make fun of her for that. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's it sort of uh, would overshadow her actual stand-up career sometimes. Yeah, it's just, it feels like a different time. Because, you know, I would say the majority of people would give anything to have her back. Do you think Joan Rivers is like a Madonna? Like, what do you think Madonna's doing right now? I mean, she's iconic. What do I think she's doing? I like, mean, right do you, this second? Do you thi- <laughs> I would imagine you think she's on she's a Stairmaster right now. No, I think she's on Instagram or something. I think she's on the Peloton, like <laughs> working it out. Remember, she wore like assless chaps to a. Where did she go? Probably the grocery store. <laughs> Anywhere. Has she covered her ass ever? <laughs> So, but you you kind of wonder, like what? Well, what I love about Madonna, because I was gonna say, what's the age cutoff for assless uh-huh. chaps? But it's like she's she'll do whatever the she wants, yeah, whenever she wants. And I I do love sure. that about her. Do you think if Madonna said, "Oh, I'd like to play the Staples Center," they'd be like, "Great, let's do it," or is it like, "Well, we'll give you the bad weekend of the year." I don't know. Madonna doesn't feel like what she felt like even 10 years ago. I feel like people are like, she seems a little cuckoo. Well, I mean, assless chaps, but also, you know, that's... You can have assless chaps and not have a vibe of like, uh, you boy. I don't know what's going on with her. You know <laughs> what I mean? I feel like the well, first I started hearing about like, huh, was when the pandemic started and I think she was in a bathtub with like oh. rose petals and she was like, we're all, this in is this the great together. equalizer. And right. people were like, whoa, is she out of touch? But I can't imagine, it's probably hard to be Madonna and be in, in touch. touch. She Let's just say this, Madonna is not getting herself locked in to a tiny bathroom with a pocket door. No offense. Wait, you feel like I'm on a different level or something? I think or what that, are you you're trying to say it, here? that you're in touch with people. Okay. I could not get in touch with a single person <laughs> when I was locked in that bathroom. Um, but I also don't take a bath with rose petals. And champagne. Uh, and champagne. <laughs> it's really a bathtub full of champagne. But I also, I really don't know how people stay grounded when they are Madonna types. And right. I also think there's a way to wear assless chaps 
and still and still seem grounded. Yeah, I would like to see that. I would like to see a grounded. I'll do like it. Like you're not. Oh. <laughs> what would you do? I, would, I look. Would, I did a stand up special without my shirt on. I could do true. some assless chaps. Oh my god! I would give you how much? A thousand dollars? I guess in the spirit of uh, Joan Rivers, I'll take it. <laughs> Wait, do you know that, and we've talked about this on here before, that mm. um, I do an impersonation of Joan? somewhere between Joan Rivers and Larry David. Oh, I'd like to hear it. I've done it for you before. Oh. But luckily you have no memory. <laughs> no, I don't And I did it, it on One Mississippi when Stephanie and I were walking together somewhere on the show, like back to my stepfather's house. I yeah. say something like, I don't know. I... It's all in there, right? The uh-huh. Joan Rivers and the uh-huh. Larry. The Larry. Uh-huh. I don't know. Should Should I do it? Should I do it? That's <laughs> kind of good, right? It's you know what? It's uh, it's similar. It's similar. It's got an energy to it. Am I Joan Rivers? Am I Larry? Am I Larry David? Am I Joan Rivers? I don't know. <laughs> it's not my best. Okay. I. I'm not known for my impressions okay yet so so joan goes to edinburgh yes is that the yeah edinburgh 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 <laughs> in scotland edinburgh is a very famous comedy town oh it is okay yeah yeah so she does well there and then she goes to london and then Reviews came out, and they were not good. This was my interpretation. She was yelling the whole time. You know, that same energy. That was a long time to listen to. And uh, some of it was self-pity. They thought they were not good reviews. Hmm. She was devastated, goes back to New York, decides to go on. Celebrity Apprentice. Mm -hmm. And this is interesting because um, I can circle it back to myself. So she, when she was on The Apprentice, she was on with Annie Duke. Do you know Annie Duke, the poker player? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Annie Duke is a very famous poker player. And okay. I sort of played her in a movie called The Grand. Oh. My character was based on her. Wow. And I was a poker player. And I don't want to give this away. So if you plan on watching The Grand, I'm Aiden. I'm going to watch it tonight. Turn it off. Pause it. Aiden, turn it off. Brandy, turn it off. <laughs> turn it off. It was an improvised movie about poker. Ray Romano was my husband. Uh, Woody Harrelson's in it. Chris Parnell. It was just, we had the best time shooting this movie. And we played in real time. And whoever won, you know, while we were playing, won in the movie. Okay. Do I need to tell you how this ends? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I won. I won in the movie. Yes. And it was so fun because everybody had, well, of course we had money on ourselves and everybody in the crew, they all had bets on their favorite players. (laughs) So whenever one of the actors got knocked out, you could see a crew member go over to somebody else and like give them a hundred dollars. Like, ugh, Richard Kind just got knocked out. I thought he was going to win it. So it was a really fun movie. Well, you're quite the poker player. I, I do like to play poker. I do like to play poker. I don't know how to play poker. <gasps> I'll teach you. It's so fun. 
It's I really know. fun. Stephanie but and I both want to to be learn poker players, but we're just not. We want to. We want to be. Oh, well, I'll, poker te- I'll teach you. Okay, I will okay. teach you. But back to Joan. She goes on The Apprentice, and she really, really wanted to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, she felt like her career depended on. And it. Melissa was on. And what's crazy is is Joan was famously friends with Donald Trump, and I can't help but still wonder what she would think. Right. I mean, imagine back then thinking, oh, one day the U.S. is going to elect the guy from The Apprentice as the president. I I have to believe that she would be ripping him apart left and right. I'll believe it too. I'll believe it too. Because let's be fair. Who doesn't she rip apart? However, I do remember, and I don't know where I heard this, and I really liked this because it's no matter how tough and edgy and offensive she was, yeah. I heard somewhere, and it could have been this documentary, no way to know, <laughs> that she said at the roast of Joan Rivers yeah, that the one thing off limits was her daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, I like that. I like that too. You know, it's... When you think somebody has absolutely no boundaries. Right. There right. is a boundary somewhere. Yeah. And I I was like, oh, I like that. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. So she ended up winning. She'll go after your daughter, but don't say a word about hers. <laughs> <laughs> you can say what you want about my daughter. But that's the thing is it's like no matter what sort of workaholic she is or ha- right. obsessive with her career – she is a mother. And one of my favorite parts about the documentary, it's so small and subtle, is when she's in the limo with Cooper, her grandson, and just he snuggled into her. That's his Aww. grandmother. Yeah. You know? That's sweet. Yeah. It just struck me. And I just loved that moment. And I wanted yeah. to see more of that, actually. Yeah. I wanted, because that's the surprising part of Joan Rivers to me. Yeah. And maybe it's just because I'm such a fan. I know she's a workaholic. I know this. I know that. I followed. My mother did. But to see that person with their grandson snuggled into them. Yeah. Have just a a real moment. Like a real person. Because she had this persona that she kind of didn't want you to think she think of her as a real caring grandmother who's baking cookies for her grandchildren let's be fair she probably wasn't baking cookies for cooper but <laughs> but she was snuggling in the back yeah i loved it, it was, that was my favorite part suit. of the documentary that's very sweet i don't mean to like bring up sad things but it is part of her story that i think we should at least mention is that she she was married to um a man named edgar who Joan had filled in for Johnny Carson for 20 years, did she say? Mm -hmm. And then at some point, Fox, I think, offered her a late-night talk show. So she took it. Johnny Carson never spoke to her again. And by the way, I think Jimmy Fallon is who finally broke that and had her on his show. Oh, that's nice. Because NBC didn't have her on. Sort of blacklisted her. Yeah, and then Jimmy Fallon did. That's nice. Yeah. And she so she was married to um, Edgar, and he was part of her show, her new talk show. 
And he was not getting along with the network, the powers that be. They said, you have to fire your husband. She said, I won't do it. They pulled the plug on the show. And then it seems like soon after, he died by suicide, mm-hmm. which had to be um, heartbreaking and devastating. Yeah. And then she and Melissa made a movie called Starting Again about Edgar's suicide. Mm-hmm. And Joan said that she felt like it was very mending. It was very healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she certainly had her battles. No doubt. So at some point, she wins The Apprentice. Everybody's excited about her. She's excited to go on. And then she's offered to be roasted on Comedy Central. And she said, yes. What do you think about that? Would you ever do that? Let people roast you? No. No. And I would never roast anybody. I just couldn't. It's so mean. Yeah. I love ribbing people and I love when people rib me, but I don't like that bloodbath level of humor. Right. Trying to take your most vulnerable thing and then do and they're not a lot of times they're not really jokes they're just like no it's just a you're so old you're but so... I was there yeah so what was it like in person it's weird because you know here I'm saying I don't like that bloodbath of humor and that's kind of what she was about right and um was it sad no everyone roasted her and what I remember was being like, whoa. I mean, the whole time you're just like, oh my gosh. And then she got up at the end, which is how it works, is the person being roasted gets up and roasts everyone. Oh, that's good. She got up and leveled the entire (laughs) room. And I have been to like three different roasts for whatever different reasons I ended up being there. And I have never seen somebody so (laughs) effortlessly just level just (laughs) annihilated every it would just did everybody go crazy yeah and you can't feel sorry for her for a second that's good that's she i mean she cleaned up because in the documentary it kind of looks like it sucked her soul out well, I don't know how she really felt, and I don't right. know. You know, there's an element to filmmaking. I've right. seen it there's in my own editing. documentary, but in person, she walked up, guns a blazing, leveled the place, and then walked out. And, and walked out, like, and everybody went crazy. Whoa! All right, Tig, that's that's mm-hmm. really that's the documentary in a nutshell. Would you say? Yeah, I would say so. And then we and then we all lost Joan. What, what year was that? 2014. That was 2015? 2015? 14. Yeah, man. It really felt like one of those, damn it, that wasn't supposed to happen. I know. Because when she went in for pl- plastic surgery and it Yeah. And it Something didn't... with her voice. I think she had oh, um, right. issues with her vocal cords is what right. I remember. So a surgery, but not necessarily a plastic surgery. Right. And I remember they were talking about how when you have some sort of procedure done like that to yeah. make sure that you're in a hospital and not in like oh, a some like sort a... of clinic or something. But they don't have emergency equipment standing yeah i i think and i I also remember the doctor maybe even took pictures of her like when she was put under and like did selfies with her oh right because wasn't there didn't melissa 
Sue? I would hope so. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? No, oh. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Uh-uh. 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 Tig. Yeah. Are you ready for final thoughts? I am. It's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. Did you cry? I did not. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't cry. I was devastated when she died in real life. In real life. Yeah. It was shocking. It was shocking. Um, Who were you attracted to? Mm. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I remember there was one point in the documentary about Melissa where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, she's she looks cute. cute. Oh, cute. Yeah, okay. There was a, <laughs> you're going to be like, what? Uh, what during the roast i thought brad garrett looked cute isn't he your good friend yeah he is my friend which is also weird i was about to say it's kind of weird but you can think that your friend is cute no i mean if you're a weirdo (laughs) sure but also what he was saying was vile i don't even remember what it was but it was like not it was terrible you know he's really dirty like a dirty stand-up Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that is it for today. Next week's episode, we'll be talking about the Tinder Swindler, which you can watch on Netflix. That's not easy to say, Tin- no. Tinder Swindler. Stephanie and I are watching that tonight. Are you? Yes. I want to watch it. Okay. Before we go, would you like to hear some true fan mail? Yes, please. Okay, this is from Laura. Hey, Laura. Hey, hey. Laura. Hey. I hope the expression, that's a game changer, can be replaced with, <laughs> that's a ball terror. <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you, Cheryl, for talking about your recent difficulties and to both of you for making time on your show. That's very sweet. You have demonstrated adult human behavior in addressing the complexities of life on earth. Thank you. Yeah. That's really nice. I love what you do, especially when Cheryl low talks. (laughs) An important point. And Tig's clown horn. And most of all, almost silent, uncontrollable, sniggling laughing. (laughs) Sniggling? Sniggling. I've never heard of it. Is that a word? Sniggling? Yes, no. No way to know. No way to know. (laughs) No way to know. Well, thank you, Laura. I appreciate that. All right, Tig, anything to promote? Well, I'm on tour. Yes. I'll be in uh, Dallas, San Antonio. I have four Florida dates. Okay. Uh, you should give your Florida people a, a shout out. And hey, Florida, them. go see Tig. I mean, I wish I could meet you. That was my mm-hmm. intention, but yeah. I'm going to be. But now um... you have a very big time <laughs> job and you cannot do it now. I can't. I ha- I don't think it's been announced, but yeah. I will tell you guys when I can. But I, I think I can tell you uh, I'm going to Puerto Rico to shoot it. Did I tell you that already? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, kind of did. exciting. Oh, okay. But you can keep telling me. Okay. And you can watch I Can See Your Voice on Fox on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. You can watch Curb Your Enthusiasm on HBO and HBO Max. And soon... You'll be able to watch Flight Attendant on HBO Max. It's going to be so crazy. I cannot wait. And uh, I also just want to say, outside of uh, the dates that I just mentioned, you can go to tignotaro.com 
and get the most updated tour schedule there, links to tickets. Okay. We just announced Houston and Denver. Those tickets are selling real fast. Hot cakes. Hot cakes. Hot cakes. Okay. Um, Chicago, I'm coming to you. New York, I'm coming to you. Madison. I I mean, I'm going everywhere. It sounds like it. Check it out. The people in Austin that are just like, it's sold out. Go to Dallas. Yeah. Go to San Antonio. Yeah. Go take a trip. State. Yeah, Come take, on. A, take a trip. Road trip. Yeah. And then Star Trek uh, is the new season is still airing. And um, I believe there's a big photo spread of me in Out Magazine. Wow. For, I might say even it be on the sound cover. Dirty. Is it um, yeah. promiscuous? Is that the word? You know. No, that's you not know really me. The word. Is it? Yeah. Uh, pr- I'm the promiscuous. Word? sexy <laughs> what's the what's Hot the word tig? when you're when you're trying to be oh evocative um i you know you look it up and you tell me oh provocative um, yeah that's the word provocative. <laughs> <laughs> is it provocative yeah, i hope all the other stuff is cut out is it provocative it's one of those show those photo shoots where they put you in outfits you would never wear in You'd your never life never wear yeah. i don't see a wind machine or anything like that happening no no okay Okay, well, we will check it out. That sounds fun. Also, my other podcast, Don't Ask Tig. Okay. Should we do it again? Yeah, let's do it again. Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Gabby Kovacic and Thomas Willette. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willette with music by David Susson. Special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at Tig and Cheryl True Story at gmail.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.